Hey everyone, Brian here from Level Down Games and leveldowngames.com. This should go without saying, but sometimes it does need to be said. Level Down Games as a unit stands in solidarity with the right to protest without violence and for free speech to speak out against unfair and unjust brutality and biases that affect not just the United States, but the entire world. We hear you, we see you, and we support you. The Media Files for June 5th, 2020 is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of our podcasts, including The Media Files, Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday, and Hit Our Music, a professional wrestling podcast every Thursday. On with the show. Listening to The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those of you new to this podcast, The Media Files is an all purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my second chair this week is Pink Hair Don't Care, mother of my own three children, my wife, back again for the second week in a row, Lindsay. Hello. Thank you for bringing me back. Yeah, welcome back. This is your second podcast in a row on The Media Files. This is the second episode of The Media Files and the second podcast you've ever recorded. I'm here. It's exciting. How did you uh how did you like doing the first episode with me? It was nice. We had a conversation that was not about children. Which is always a nice thing because I feel like that's really rare for us these days having three children of our own. Also not being able to get out. And not interacting with anybody that has like really good adult language skills besides each other for, for most of a day. And I work with kids in my in my daily job, too. So most of my day is, is speaking at like a, a three or four year old level. And so sitting down with you and talking about things is really nice. It's very intimate. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know about that. We could do this show in the nude. That would be okay. No, thank you. This is the second week in a row that we've talked about me being nude, though. <laughs> That's kind of nice. No. Not that kind of podcast. <laughs> I do want to thank everybody, though, that uh, tuned into episode one of the Media Files and downloaded and listened to the show and uh, either contacted me or, or emailed me and, and left us feedback. Your feedback is so valuable to the production of this show and to making this show a better listening experience to you and to everybody. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. And thank you to everybody who went over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and left a rating and review because that helps more than you could ever know to do something like that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing that. Helps his self-esteem. Which I don't need. I feel like I feel like my self-esteem is just fine, but you're, you're only stroking the ego. Thank you. Thank you. But I'm really excited for this week's episode because this week we are talking about Space Force. Space Force. 
Space Force is a new Netflix original comedy series created by Greg Daniels. In Space Force, we follow five-star general Mark Naird, played by Steve Carell, as he attempts to navigate the complexities of the freshly created military branch known as Space Force, as well as be a good father to his rebellious teenage daughter Erin, played by Diana Silvers, and husband to his incarcerated wife Maggie, played by Lisa Kudrow. Also starring in Space Force, are John Malkovich as Dr. Adrian Mallory, Ben Schwartz as Social Media Director F. Tony Scarapaducci, and Tani Newsom as Captain Angela Ali, with occasional guest appearances from Jane Lynch, Patrick Warburton, Jimmy O. Yang, Diedrich Bader, Caitlin Olson, and the late, great Fred Willard, amongst others. So, we have been able to watch every episode of Space Force up to this point. There are 10 episodes, each of them about a half hour each. What did you think overall of Space Force? I I enjoyed the show. I it was not what I expected. It was a lot more stressful situations than I expected. I think that's kind of something that caught me most off guard too is because you coming from a creator like Greg Daniels, which we'll talk about later, you expect the show to be this very lighthearted kind of goofy comedy show, right? Where they take something that should be serious, like, and, and, you know, shows that he's worked on previously are this way. You take something that should be serious and you make it very silly, very lighthearted, and you fill it with this colorful cast of, of goofy people. And Space Force was different for me because they're working in the government, which should be serious, right? They're working in the military, and you kind of expect it to go this silly way, especially with the cast that's at hand with Steve Carell and John Malkovich, who's got really great comedy chops. Lisa Kudrow, who obviously has a great comedy background, Patrick Warburton, Ben Schwartz. And it never quite makes it into that comedy realm. And I, and I think that's what puts it off to me. You have Steve Carell, that's working in the military and trying to run the Space Force and also trying to run his family. But the overall tone of the show really is kind of more serious, I think, than I expected it to be. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's completely comedy because I expected more forced jokes and there really isn't any. Um, it's more about the storyline. And different storylines too there is the storyline like i said of him trying to run this military branch the storyline of him trying to deal with this daughter who is struggling with her mom being incarcerated and her dad being this high-ranking military official and the storyline of each of these kind of little characters that get involved with each other the daughter is interacting with a Russian agent, maybe a spy, right, who they're kind of attracted to each other. And there is Ben Schwartz, who is the social media director, and he's trying to get the Space Force into the public consciousness. And there is Captain Ali and Jimmy O. Yang's character, one of the other scientists, who are kind of interacting and kind of get flirty with each other after a while. Because, like you said, because those jokes aren't apparent, because it is kind of a more serious show with a little bit of humor thrown in, but it takes itself a little more seriously. Because of that, I wasn't immediately drawn into the show in the first couple episodes. It, it actually took me a little bit to to fall into place with this show. I'm A lot of the jokes are, uh, I'd say, political. There's just a lot of parallels with like how the government is run. And I'm, I'm not familiar with politics at all so you had to explain a couple of the 
jokes to me. Some of the references that come in, especially in the first few episodes, there are some references to our current presidency with with President Trump and his cabinet. I think it's in the first couple minutes of the show, somebody says, well, this is kind of a different presidency. This one's a little more chaotic. And they never mention the president by name, but they do also reference a couple of Congress people who are very much in the forefront of the current political scene in the United States. And they, again, don't say them by name, but choose names that are, I think, intentionally parodying those people's names. And and I don't want to spoil it for you when you get there, because there are some very good moments involving those people. In fact, I think my favorite moment from the entire series and the moment that I actually decided, you know what, I think I am locked in with this series in the long run. I think I'm going to follow this one all the way through is a moment that involves those Congress people. Well, the parodies of those Congress people in episode three. Was it three? I believe it was episode three when they're when they're meeting about a a budget of Space Force. And and it's such a such a great scene. And it's also the scene that I realized, you know what, I don't think this is a traditional comedy. This is a show about these people and them trying to do what's right. And really, overall, a group of good people trying to do what's right and and failing consistently. And, and it is humorous at times, but it takes a much more serious tone. And like I said, the end of episode three, when they're at this budget hearing for Space Force, there is a moment with Steve Carell, General Naird, that really locked in the show for me. And, and if you if you start watching Space Force, I think that's the point that I would suggest trying to get to try to get to the end of episode three. And if if you still aren't locked in by that point, maybe it's not a show for you. And that's OK. That's OK, because I do not think it's a perfect show. I don't think it's the best show I've watched all year even. But that's the point that I got locked in. But one of the major charms of this show is this interesting cast of characters that do kind of surround General Naird in his time at Space Force. My favorite of which I think being Dr. Adrian Mallory, played by John Malkovich. I like John Malkovich so much anyways. And in this show, he is so tight-lipped and kind of snooty. He has this snooty scientific college, you know, university professor air about him. And he always has something pretty, pretty smart to say. And not not smart in the intelligent way, smart in kind of the smart alecky, sarcastic way. And that was something that really made the show for me was was Dr. Adrian Mallory. I love Steve Carell and I love everything he does. This was this was different though. His voice I I can't he's borderline grew to me from despicable me so it's kind of it's hard for me to accept him as not um michael he's just he takes on a deeper more commanding tone you're right about that and that's something i think that immediately jumped out to me as well was mike michael scott i almost called him michael scott steve carell his voice is different in this and it never actually sounds Natural. I don't. I don't think it. It doesn't. And even like, it kind of looks like he has like a puffy bodysuit on to make him look stockier. Well, he's aged a little bit too since the office, and so I, I wonder if maybe that maybe that's maybe just his body type natural. now. I don't know. I don't know either. But but I did notice that, and that was. And if you can't tell by now, Lindsay and I have not talked about the show. We've watched ten episodes of this show together. Have not have avoided speaking about it to each other because we wanted to save it for this podcast. But you're right. His voice is kind of off-putting. How do you feel about Ben Schwartz's character, uh, F. Tony Scarapaducci? 
I I like Ben Schwartz. I watched a little bit of his stand-up, so I kind of understand that that's just who he is. He is just that outward, uh, charismatic person, so it's like natural for him to overact like that. I think that his character, too, is the easiest to relate to one of his previous characters, which is John Ralphio from Parks and Recreation. Kind of, this kind of feels like an extension of John Ralphio in some ways to me. Definitely not as annoying, but because he really does capture the, what is it, the marketing and media person, personnel, that they're, they're, they are annoying because they're always trying to promote and trying to post on Twitter. Like, he, he got it. I do want to point out, I think that Diana Silvers did a really great job with her character. She plays uh, General Naird's daughter, Erin. I thought that she personally did a really good job with her character. Didn't really like a lot of her storylines. I think that they tried to do too many stories in 10 episodes, in 10 half-hour episodes. I think that there were too many things that they were trying to focus on. And I think they, they gave Diana Silvers too much to work with. So her writing kind of disappointed me. But acting-wise, I thought she did a good job. I also really liked Captain Ali, uh, played by Tawny Newsom. Really good character who is very charming, but also incredibly competent and not scared. She she has a sweet side to her. She has a tough side to her and knows what she's going to do and gets it done. And Throughout the show, I was I was never irritated with her character, which in these shows, shows like this, it's very easy to get irritated with certain characters, I think. I'd, I'd say Patrick Warburton. I really just enjoy his voice. I could listen to him read from a phone book, I think, because he's so good. And he plays, he is the commander of, I want to say the Marines, maybe, or the Air Force. Is that correct? I, I believe so. I'm really surprised Jane Lynch didn't get more time on the show. She is only in a couple of scenes. And honestly, it does feel like a show, I think, that would have fit her personality well. So that is kind of surprising now that you mentioned that. I think we could have seen a little bit more of her and Patrick Warburton. I will say that my favorite cameo character was Fred Willard's character. He plays General Naird's father. And they only speak on the phone. He's in two very short scenes. And I believe that this is Fred Willard's last acting credit as well. And he just passed away just just, I think two weeks ago. Fred Willard passed away. And and that was a a sad moment for me because I like so much of Fred Willard's work. And so, you know, this episode goes out to Fred Willard, I guess. And and I've been thinking about him over the past two weeks and then seeing him pop up in this show. I didn't know he was going to be in it. But the, the short amount of time that he is in it is so funny. And so quintessentially Fred Willard reminded me a lot of Best in Show Fred Willard. And and that's one of my favorite Fred Willards is Best in Show Fred Willard. And so that was one of my favorite, favorite cameos. I think probably my favorite cameo in the show. One of the things that I did want to talk about in this show and one of the things I noticed early in the show was using music as a very specific plot device. In the first episode, we get this scene where General Naird is dancing and singing to Kokomo by the Beach Boys, which is what we played at the top of this episode. And I chose that song for this episode because I do think that it's a very pivotal moment in the show when you start to see a different side of this five-star, you know, former Air Force General, but now a Space Force General. You start to see a different side of him where he is very injured 
and very vulnerable and very weak, almost emotionally weak at sometimes. And he uses music in the show to kind of get past these moments, right? It's a it's a cute little addition. However, in the very uh, last episode, I won't spoil anything. It's it's stressful, and he sings when he's stressful. I, there were, he didn't sing in the last episode. I was surprised. Kind of a missed opportunity right there. Yeah. And I I actually thought the same thing. Uh, but he he comes through, and and maybe there was a, a resolution of character to some degree there as well because he did seem a little more. Cr- collected in that final episode but he does sing kokomo by the beach boys he sings bread and butter by the new beats and that plays a central role in one of the episodes you know they're driving the car and i like bread and butter right i like toast and jam whatever however that song goes it it plays kind of the central role in that episode and he uses this as a as a calming kind of mechanism for him and once i realized how they were using these songs and how they were using steve carell singing these songs to kind of portray this weakness and this vulnerability in general nerd's character i really kind of started to appreciate the choice of songs and the choice of soundtrack overall much more i have to say i really do love the soundtrack to this show though there is a point in the show a turning point for general nerd where he sings a song and I feel like it's the last song he sings he just has he has some character development and yeah maybe that is the last song I think the one thing that everybody wants to know too if you haven't watched Space Force is how does this compare to Greg Daniels other shows if you're unfamiliar with Greg Daniels work which is impossible at this point Greg Daniels used to write for SNL he used to write for the Simpsons and then he kind of broke off on his own he created King of the Hill he created the American version of The Office He created Parks and Rec. Most recently, he did Upload on Amazon Prime, which has only been out for a few months now, and which we've also watched. And this is his newest venture, and he co-created this with Steve Carell. I think that this was the hardest thing to accept for me about this show, was that it is a Greg Daniels show and does not feel like a Greg Daniels show. It didn't feel like The Office or Parks and Recreation for me. And being paired with Steve Carell, I think that's what I expected. I expected more kind of military government but the office do you know what i mean yes you you expected him to be the village idiot because of the office and he's not he's he like you said he's strong and competent and flawed in a very sympathetic and and heart you know heartwarming kind of cheerful way that you can connect with uh, very unlike michael scott who is flawed in a way that is almost difficult to watch sometimes and is very hard to connect with right how do you rank greg daniels shows in comparison to this show that's that's a difficult question because it is Different. I feel like in Parks and Rec and in The Office, their jobs are a joke and they don't take them that seriously, except for Leslie Nope, of course. And in this one, everybody's job is super important and they have stuff they need to get done. And I, uh, how would I rate it with the other ones? I, I mean, the other ones I feel are, are more entertaining and I, I enjoy them right off the bat more. I think I agree with you there. This one for me is is closest in tone and style to Upload, which is his most recent one. It feels most similar to that, but unlike Upload, I like the characters of this show more than I like the characters of some of, like, especially Upload, but he's good at creating kind of this tight family group of characters, right? That's what was so good about King of the Hill. 
And it's what ended up being so good about The Office and Parks and Rec is you fall in love with this cast of characters. I've been watching The Office lately, and I just got to the episode of, oh, should I, I don't know that I'm allowed, this show's old. I'm allowed to say that Jim and Pam get married, right? Definitely. Okay, if you haven't watched The Office right now, Jim and Pam get married, I don't know. It's your fault if you don't know that, but that episode is such a good tribute to the entire cast of characters in that show. This show reminds me most of that in that he creates that colorful cast. Uh, Well, he takes his time developing all the characters. I'm sure we'll see more from everyone. And I hope we do. I hope that we see more of this show. I think that it deserves a season, season two, and I think that it's going to get a season two. How would you rank this show? Give me an an arbitrary ranking, a, a number, uh, some some sort of some sort of numerical value of how you would rank this show. I'd give it a, a three out of like seven ish stars. It's it's pretty mediocre in my opinion. Out of seven stars. Yes. That is arbitrary. I asked for arbitrary ranking. You gave me a very <laughs> arbitrary ranking, and that's less than half. That's less than fifty percent. I liked it a little more than that. I'd give it like a, a five out of eight. What did you say? Three out of seven? Yeah. Okay, I give it... <laughs> well, I'm a five out of eight. No, five out of eight's more than half. I give it a, a five out of eight, and I'm not going to do stars. Even though it's Space Force, it could be stars. I give it five out of eight boots on the moon. How's that? That's that's great. That's pretty arbitrary, right? Did you see uh, Ben and Jerry's made a flavor for them? It's called Boots, Boots on, on the Moon, moon right? Yeah. That's what that's what I was thinking about when I just said Boots on the Moon for the ranking. It's got little chocolate cows in it. Chocolate cows? <laughs> yeah, there's cows because cows go over the moon. There's little chocolate. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Cows, yeah. That's cute. We'll have to uh, seek out some of that Ben and Jerry's Boots on the Moon ice cream. <laughs> and if you find it, let us know. Write into us. Let us know how it tastes. But that's all we've got time for. But we want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of The Media Files. And thank you, Lindsay, again, for being here this week. And no problem. Lovely as always. Please tell a friend, family, or a coworker about the show so we can grow this little project into something meaningful. Special thanks to Brian for technical assistance. And don't forget to bookmark leveldowngames.com. I can be reached on Twitter or Instagram at Brucetoff, that's B-R-U-C-E-T-O-P-H, or at the Level Down Games Discord with the link in the show description. Reach out to us with what you're looking forward to, and maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming show. Until next time, be kind, be honest, and we'll see you later. (music) 